Well, welcome once again to our online service. I want to thank Adrian and the team, and also uh, Pastor Jason for leading us in a time of service and singing praises unto the Lord. We are continuing our short series on prayer, and this is our second sermon in a two-part series. We want to remind ourselves as God's people to keep prayer central in our lives, especially during this COVID pandemic. And today, I'll take us through some Bible passages to look at prayer in terms of asking God. And we'll be looking at four aspects of asking God. So think along with me. What do you think would be the top search from February to now in Google or any other search platform? What do you think would be the one main prayer point from February to now in most places? I would think probably COVID plus many other stuff or unemployment or employment. A song that we know very well, this song that we sing often, especially at funeral, I believe sums up prayer aptly. It's a heavy trials and temptation. Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. How can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrow share? Jesus know, knows our every weaknesses. Take it to the Lord in prayer. This is taken from what a friend we have in Jesus. After the end of the Colossians series, my DG met virtually during our usual DG time on Friday to pray. And one of the brothers shared a devotion on prayer. And it was taken from a book that he read, a very good book on prayer that also challenges my own approach to prayer. And I want to commend this book for your reading as well. During the season, during this season, or during the, the session, this brother took us through a very simple exercise. So I want you to find a piece of paper now. If you cannot find one, pause to find one. And then once you find the paper, I want you to draw a line. And at both ends of that line, you write, on one end you write, self-assured, confident, I can fix it. On the other end, you write, uncertain, needing help, I cannot fix it. And then you ask yourself, at which segment or which point do you think your life reflects these two spectrum? Do you feel self-assured, confident, and I can fix it? Or are you feeling more, leaning more towards feeling uncertain, needing help, and I cannot fix it? And that brings me to my point one of today's sermon. Prayer is asking God with confidence. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. I want to encourage you to keep your Bible open before you and read along with me. So I'll be flashing the words on the text as well. Jesus spoke these words in a series of a sermon as he preached on the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 7, Ask and you'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and you'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? 
Verse 10, if he asks for... If you then, who, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? There's a missing line there in verse 10, but we have read it earlier on, so it's okay. So ask, seek, knock are active ver verbs. And these, these verbs paint a picture of someone actively looking for something or looking for someone. Jesus promised that when we ask, seek, or knock, God will not be silent. The door will be open and the seeker will find God. We will never be turned back empty-handed. And this is a promise that our Lord Jesus gave. And Jesus further illustrated his point by saying, which loving father will give our own children a serpent when they ask for a fish? Most of us will answer, no, of course not. Yet time and time again, we read of horrible stories of fathers or parents abusing their children. It must sadden us when we hear or read of such abuses. Yet some of us who have father who let us, who had let us down. Some of us, when we think of fathers, think about pain and disappointment. But God, God, our Heavenly Father, His character, His love for His children is never, nothing close to how we men behave as Father. In the book, Pray Big, Alastair wrote these words, Even the finest moments of the best earthly fathers are only a glimpse of what our Heavenly Father is to us and for us. The cross is the ultimate display of our Heavenly Father's love for us. On the cross, God did not withhold His Son from death and did not withhold His Son from the full weight of our wickedness and our sin. On the cross, God gave His one and only Son to bring us redemption. No one, no one on earth would love us so much as God to make such a sacrifice for a sinner like me. Thus, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, wrote these words to the church in Rome. And he called them to turn their eyes away from their trouble, away from their squabbling to their heavenly sonship. Romans 8, 15, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. During our virtual camp in June, for those of you who attended, Kevin and Huiling shared about their fostering and adoption of children. A child who was a stranger to the Lim family, they fostered and eventually adopted him as their own. This boy is no longer a stranger. Instead, he is now their son. A son with full access to everything Kevin and Huiling will provide to all their children, a son who is dearly loved by the Lim family, a son who bears the name of the Lim family. Being adopted as a child of God moves us from being an enemy of God to be a son of God. We were once cut off, far away from God. Now we, as children of God, are, are included in the inheritance 
that God has prepared for us and we enjoy an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. Therefore, as God's children, we now have full access to God and we can confidently go to God to ask, to seek and to knock. We can call God Abba Father and we bear the name of our God, our Heavenly Father. And we bear that name to bring glory to Him. And that brings us to my second point. How can we ask, seek and knock? Prayer is asking as an act of admission and expression of dependence. Now let us turn our attention to Jesus' disciples. When Jesus was still on earth, his disciples were self-assured, self-confident, unaware of the urgency of proclaiming the good news. They argued about who should sit on the left and right of Jesus. They fell asleep when Jesus asked them to watch and pray. After they had witnessed the cross and the resurrection, they were transformed. The apostles were awakened to their new redeemed position as sons of God. They understood the urgency, the enormity of the task of spreading the good news, of proclaiming the good news. They recognized that they are now Christ's ambassadors on earth. And they are definitely keenly aware of their own weaknesses while being confident that Jesus will keep his promise to be with them to the end of the world. In Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 31, record one of the many prayers that the church pray when they face persecution. Let us listen to it. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, a place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Thank you for the reading of God's word. The apostle and the church were totally dependent on God. They knew that they were not able to overcome the persecution that comes with the proclamation of the good news. But they were not defeated by any way. Instead, they turned. They turned to a greater power, God and God alone. They knew that they can do nothing. But with God, they are able to glorify Him while pressing on to make His name known. This dependence upon God could also be seen in Paul's letter to the different churches. 
and I highlight particularly in chapter 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, Paul called the church to pray this prayer. Say, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honoured as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things we are that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Prayer is us admitting that we are weak and we are helpless. Prayer is us coming before God as a sinner, not deserving God's love and God's mercy. Prayer is us committing our life situation to God and yet going before God full of confidence because we, we are children of our Heavenly Father. This is an important posture that we bring with us as we come before the Lord in prayer. See, we will not go to God for help if we are self-assured and self-confident. There's no need to pray to, for help if we think that we have had it all covered. No need to ask for help if we can fix it. The truth is, we cannot fix our problem because our problem is sin. Essentially, our problem is us, you and me. The sooner we acknowledge that, the sooner we'll go on our knees to ask God to first deal with our sin problem. The early church, especially Paul, knew that full well. And when they were confronted with the gospel message, they turned to God. They prayed and they asked God as one who, has been, who can be saved by His grace. The reason we are self-assured or we are self-confident is that we have a low view of sin. We look at our lives and we don't see the problem of sin. Instead, we see all the other challenges in our life, all the problems in our life, and they are actually problems because of the consequences of sin. But we ignore sin and we try to solve the problem by doing things, by achieving things, or by looking out for things. A self-righteous person is not going to pray prayers of confession. There is no need to pray if we are good enough and confident enough. In war, a commander goes out with his army to face the enemy, but he will never do so without a line of communication linking him back to the base, support base. He knew that he could call on the power of the support base and he is not alone in facing the enemies. He will not hesitate to call on firepower and be totally dependent on his support base for help. In fact, calling for fire support from the support base is not a sign of weakness at all, but instead it is a show of strength. He readily calls on this power to win the better before him. I'm not saying that we should go on in life feeling defeated if our heads hung, hung low, feeling constantly that we are crippled 
and paralyzed by sin? No. And when we and when we can sur surrender our sin problem to God, we in effect actually readily draw on the power of God to fight against sin. Going back to my illustration, we call on fire support against sin. Praying with admission and dependence is the way we draw power that God has promised us. Our admission of our need for help and our expression of dependence upon God is our hope and our victory to overcome things that truly matter in our lives. And that brings me to my next point. Prayer is asking for God's glory. Prayer is asking for God's glory to be manifest in our life. Praying for God to do His work in us and through us. You see, people around us cannot see our faith in God. But they see the outworking of our faith. We face the same challenges in life as our non-believing family, friends or neighbours. All of us face the uncertainty of unemployment in this time of COVID. We fear the COVID virus. All of us go through the ups and downs in life. Challenges, marriages, difficult children and so on and so forth. So do our friends, our families and our neighbours. The key difference is this. The key difference is the hope and the confidence that you and I have as believers when we say, I believe in God. We face such challenges as one who is victorious, not as one defeated. Is that you? Is that me? Do our friends, our family, our neighbours see God being glorified in our journey through our ups and downs? Do our friends, our neighbour, our family see God being glorified when we go through uncertain times? Or do they see us same, same as them? No difference. Struggling without hope, feeling defeated. Jesus prayed this prayer for his disciple in John chapter 17. I believe Jesus was praying for us too. And I encourage you to take some time to slowly read through John 17 and maybe pray the prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciple and Jesus prayed for us. But we listen to a short portion here from John chapter 17, verse 13 to 15. John chapter 17, verses 13 to 15. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Thank you. Apostle Paul, praying in line with Jesus' prayer, did not pray for God to remove the persecution. Instead, he prayed for them to persevere and to glorify God. In the context of that prayer in verse 11, it's taken from verse 3 and 4, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, 
because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and the faith in all your persecutions and in the affliction that you are enduring. Their faith was growing in the midst of persecution. Their faith was clearly displayed through their love for one another in the midst of persecution. Paul boasts about their steadfastness and their faith to the other churches who are likewise being persecuted. It is with this boast and this faith in persecution that Paul highlights and Paul prays for them in verse 11. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every good work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and in him, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I was very I am very encouraged by our dear brother, Deacon Susan who seek to live out this truth in his life. In one of the podcasts, under the series, The Pandemic Stories, that Pastor Adrian does, the podcast title is From Badminton Surf to Food Surf. Deacon Susan shared about how he lost his job during pre-COVID and during this COVID season. And he's in the midst of looking and praying for a job. Knowing him personally, I am encouraged by his quiet trust in the Lord. Yes, he continued to pray for God to open door for him to gain employment. And he readily called upon us, his friends, to pray alongside him to find employment. But while waiting, he did not let this weigh him down or defeat him. He continued to be involved in ministry. And one of the big ministry that he was involving in, which really touches the life of people, was the Bishan meal distribution. The food was distributed to bless the needy family during the circuit breaker season. He shared about praying and reading God's word to turn his anxious thoughts to God. And one of the Psalms, Psalms 122 verse 1 to 3, spoke to him a lot during this time. He said, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. And in that podcast, he also shared a portion from the song, Yet Not I. And this was a song that we actually sang last week. The night is dark, but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior, he will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing. But in my need, for in my need, his power is displayed. I encourage you to listen to the full podcast and be encouraged. See, as a pastor of ARPC, I'm glad I, I get to hear such encouraging stories about different folks, different ARPC folks living out God's truth during this time and during the challenges in their own lives. And they keep pressing on to spur one another to depend on God and to glorify His name. See, the staff chat is always filled with prayer requests and thanksgiving. Prayer requests range from having to deal with a difficult child 
to failing health, to conflict among DG mates, among friends, among siblings, among husband and wife. There are also times prayer or text that comes in of that reflect thanksgiving when members share about answered prayer or renewed strength to wrestle through uncertainty or members catch catches a glimpse of hope in a difficult marriage or the, the members catches hope in dealing with a difficult child. So as a staff team, we continue to pray that God will be glorified in your lives as He works in you and through you. So keep those prayers coming. So how do we face our daily challenges as a child of God? On one hand, we pray for God to deliver us. And in that same prayer, we pray for God to be glorified as we live our life worthy of being called as a child of God. We pray, we ask God, and we must. And we do so knowing that we have the full power of God behind us. We pray not as one defeated, not as one deflated, but as one who is victorious and full of hope. We pray for God to be glorified through us as we await His answers to our prayers. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do you pray for God's glory to be manifest in your life and my life? Do we seek God's kingdom and His righteousness first? above all things. Finally, we come to my last point. Prayer is asking with thankfulness. Thanksgiving because we pray as God's children. With full access to His power, with full assurance that our prayer will never go unheard by God. We can indeed give thanks in our prayer because God is working in our lives to bring glory to his name and to bring others to know this good news of redemption. Isn't this a privilege that you and I, sinner, saved by grace, can be an instrument used by God to fulfill his salvation purpose? God is bringing people to him through us as we point them to Christ by us living our life victorious in Christ. And Paul's prayer is indeed full of thanksgiving. And you can look at this table. And these are the Bible passages that are there. We give thanks to God always for all of you. We also thank God constantly. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We ought always to give thanks. For you. And lastly, we ought always to give thanks for you as repeat that in chapter 2, verse 13. These are all taken with just, in just these two letters of to the Thessalonians. And if you want, you can read through all of Paul's epistles and pick up all the verses where Paul gave thanks to God. As a child of God, thanksgiving must mark our speech must mark our life, and definitely must mark our prayers. Let me end with one of my favorite verses, and one that I pray often for myself, and I pray often for others, because it brings me confidence 
to come before the Lord to pray such prayer. And it brings me to come before the Lord admitting my sin, my dependence upon Him. And praying this display God's glory in your life and my life. And we can give thanks always because we are dearly loved by God. And the verse, the passage is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Allow me to close in prayer. A prayer I take, I, I took it, I took from the book Pray Big. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of prayer. Even though there are some things that are a mystery to me, I know that this is a necessity. And I exercise the privilege, fully confident in both your ability and your willingness to do far more than I could ever imagine or guess. Help me to ask then for big things, for the sake of your glory and through your matchless power. Enable me to pray big. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.